Well, good morning and welcome to St. James. It is a delight to see you in person and online here on this uh, beginning of what in the church we call Holy Week. Uh, and it's Holy Week because it's that last week uh, that leads us up to Easter. Uh, today is Palm Sunday. Uh, and as Palm Sunday, we think about Jesus entering into uh, Jerusalem to a certain amount of acclamation and all of this excitement uh, as he parades in. I don't think he planned for it to be a parade. It just became a parade. And well, the rest, as we say, is, is history. It's part of our story. And we will talk about that more. So welcome to St. James Online and in-person friends uh, as we celebrate today. I'm James Henry. I'm the pastor here at St. James on the west end of Alexandria. And wherever you are in whatever uh, state in the United States and whatever country around the world you are joining us, we want you to know you are welcome, that God's Spirit connects us together uh, both in person and beyond in person. God's spirit is everywhere, and we are all in God's spirit. I was looking back over my lifetime. You know, I was thinking about triumph, because what uh, Palm Sunday has often the subtitle in the biblical text when you read it is triumph, the triumphal entry of Jesus in Jerusalem. He is entering in triumph. So I tried to think of some triumphs from my own life, moments when I felt triumph, so I could maybe identify with this idea of what triumph is, at least from my perspective. So I remember back, this is how long I had, it, it, I could have gone to a lot of different places, I suppose. Uh, but I looked back to my 10th grade year. That, that was a long time ago. I know you didn't believe when I was a young man that they had 10th grade, you know, but there really was 10th grade. And uh, uh, when I was a young man in 10th grade, I tried out for my senior high school play. It was the first time in my senior high school uh, I, I had been in a play my ninth grade year, but that was in junior high school. They divide school differently now, but in junior high school. Now, senior high school, I try out for a play, and it felt like I was playing with the big boy crowd. And I went in you know, to try out, and there were all these other people. Uh, we were doing Arsenic and Old Lace uh, in 10th grade, which is a story about two beloved uh, sisters who run a boarding house and uh, don't want anyone to be lonely. And so they poison anyone who comes to visit uh, who is lonely. Uh, when lonely old, uh, mostly old men come to live with, you know, come and, and are you lonely, they ask. And if the answer is yes, then they poison their, their homemade elderberry wine, kill them off and bury them in the, uh, um, in the basement. And they think they're helping out. So, but that's the story of this play. So I tried out for this play, and I'm looking at all these other people who are trying out. And you go into this, you know, you're in a long line, and then they make you go in, you stand up in front of everybody on stage, and they have you read whatever it is that is, everybody's reading the same thing. And then they say thank you in a non-committal way, and you go and sit in your chair. And then you wait. Uh, because they have several days of tryouts, you just wait. And then 
They promise that on the Monday after tryouts, they will be posted on the wall that, uh, you know, the parts. And so I waited. It was all weekend. It was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if I made it or not. And then everyone rushes in as soon as the door opens at school. Not everyone, because not everybody tries out for the play. I, I went to a high school that was, um, I guess the total population of high school is about 1,500, as opposed to the size of the high school here in Alexandria. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I waited. There's this part of you that really wants to see it, and there's this part of you that doesn't want to see it, because what if your name's not on that list? They have the list of all the na names of the parts, and they have the list of the people who made the parts. And uh, so... You know, I'm coming in, I'm a little shaking, a little trepidation, come in there on Monday, and my name is on the list. And I felt triumphant, because my name was the first one on the list. My name was the first one on the list because the, the, the first uh, person, list, the first character listed was Mortimer Brewster, and I was Mortimer Brewster. Uh, and I felt triumphant. I felt like I had really proven myself, succeeded. I tried to overlay that over against Palm Sunday and Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Did he feel like he had succeeded? Was there in the midst of that triumph any sense on Jesus' part that he was having a parade like we used to have parades for you know, when the astronauts came back from space or when a team wins the Super Bowl, they come back home. Or, you know, in Major League Soccer, when they come back from, you know, winning, that the town might have a huge celebration. Was that the kind of way that Jesus felt as he went into Jerusalem for this uh, last week of his life? And I think that everybody else wanted it to be his triumph. But I'm not so sure that Jesus saw it that way. Now, you can think whatever you want to think about it, and I don't know what was in Jesus' mind. But I know a little bit about Jesus' mind because it comes to us, and today's reading is actually not the Palm Sunday reading about triumphantly entering and Jesus riding a colt and all of those kinds of things. It's, a, it's another passage for this Sunday. Uh, there are several that are listed in possible, and this one really spoke to me. It's perhaps one of my favorite, maybe my second favorite Pauline writing from the book of Philippians. Uh, chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. Your attitude must be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Christ, though in the image of God, didn't deem equality with God as something to cling to, but instead became completely empty and took on the image of oppressed humankind, born into the human condition, found in the likeness of a human being. Jesus was thus humbled, obediently accepting death, even death, on a cross." Because of this, God highly exalted Christ and gave to Jesus the name above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bend in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, 
and every tongue proclaim the glory of God, Jesus Christ reigns supreme. This is the reading for this morning. Thanks be to God. You know, as, as I look at that passage, let your, uh, often the text says, let the same mind be in you. This one calls it an attitude. Have the same attitude that Jesus had. Now, the attitude that Jesus had was not one of triumph. It was one of self-emptying. The Greek word for that is kenosis, to be emptying, self-emptying. He gave himself away. He wasn't looking for a parade. He didn't come to, he didn't become one of us, live among us for a parade. He came to live among us for love. He came to live among us to show us a new way. But our challenge as human beings, and this is a big challenge, is we don't see Jesus as he is. We see Jesus as we are. I want Jesus to feel the same way, the same triumph I felt when I saw my name on the arsenic and old lace casting. I want him to feel that triumph, that power. I want to put that on him. And that's not how he felt at all. And what he came to do is not what I want to put on him either sometimes. We call him king. I loved the images that were brought out in the video from the work of the people. We want him to be the warrior king. That first century crowd wasn't thinking of the gentle savior that you and I tend to uh, imagine. The gentle teacher, the prophet who came in and healed and brought. We, they wanted spectacle. They wanted the warrior who would wipe out their enemies, bloody them, and drive them out so Israel could be its own place again. That's what they wanted, a warrior king. Now, when we say the word king, most of us have no idea what a king really is. They have a king in England now, but for a long time they had a queen. But the truth is, that's not at all what they're like. Although, you know, they do live a kind of twisted, you know, uh, kind of uh, glorified life. But the absolute power of a first century king was to speak life and death. To be in control. To be in charge. And by being in charge, they had authority and they enforced it by physical force. They could take you away. You know, there's this, we we use this word differently today than was used in the first century, decimated. It's a good Latin word. It means, uh, we think of it as to completely wipe out. That's not what it means. One of the practices in the first century of our delightful Roman sisters and brothers, is if your town, if your town uh, rebelled in any way against them, they randomly picked 10% of the population, men, women, children, old people, and killed them. Dessa means one-tenth. One-tenth of everybody in town killed. They were not nice people. No wonder the oppressed wanted to drive them out by power, by force, just like they used force. Only that's not the way love works. And this is our challenge. Because we're not a people of power. 
Not in the traditional sense of power. We're a people of love. Now, love casts out fear. Love can be good in lots of other ways. But the challenge is, love is not, is not oppressive power. It is not the power to control or to have authority over. Love gives itself away. Let the same attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, emptied himself, choosing the form of a slave, of a human being. He emptied himself. So it's when we think of a triumphant entry as if he's claiming Jerusalem for his own, that's not what this parade about. This parade is about everybody else's putting their stuff on Jesus. And the danger is we continue to do the exact same thing. We put our stuff on Jesus. We need him to be a fixer. We want him to fix all of our problems. We need him to fix all the world's problems. Now here's one of the biggest challenges. He gave us human agency. He gave us choice. And what God wants from us is that we have the same attitude that Jesus did, that we empty ourselves. If we want to change the world, we are invited to be a part of the hands and feet and mouthpiece of God as it brings hope and love into the world. Not by power or violence, but by love. But by love. Now, if you're anything like me, you're sitting there and thinking, Psh, that's never going to work, James. You know, I have, uh, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. As a young man, as a young man, uh, every year around Easter time, Charlton Heston's Ten Commandments was on TV. And it was, it's a wicked long movie, especially you add in commercials. You add in commercials, that thing lasts five or six hours. You start watching it at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, and it doesn't go off until midnight. And in that, they portray, now this is maybe or maybe not true, they, they played free and loose. Most movies about anybody in the Bible play free and loose with the facts, because there aren't a lot of facts. They made Charlton Heston to be a brother to Pharaoh, raised in Pharaoh's house, ready to take, and that the current Pharaoh could choose between Moses or his brother. And Moses was more favored. But instead, Moses chose not to become Pharaoh, at least in the story of the Ten Commandments. And I always thought to myself, what a stupid mistake. What a stupid, stupid mistake. If you became Pharaoh, you could let your people go. Because you could use your power to do that. Power. I still think, if I'm being honest with you deep inside, that power is the way. Power. Control. The people that I think are bad, and there are people in the world that I think are bad. I admit it. Judgment's not my job, but I, I told you it's above your pay grade. It's above my pay grade, but that doesn't stop me from doing it sometimes. <laughs> and I think when somebody I think is bad does something bad, that there ought to be something bad that happens to them. 
really bad. And I don't mean in the next life. I'm not interested in heaven and hell. I want it to happen to them now. <laughs> I want wherever they live to fall into a sinkhole and cover them up. This should, this should probably horrify you. You might think, okay, we can't come back to that church. James just wants to just wipe them out. But if you don't feel, and if you don't ever feel that way about the bad people, whoever you think the bad people are, if you don't ever feel that way, I'm really glad. And maybe you really, you should be doing the preaching up here. But I'm just laying it out the way that it is for me. I think the way to win over bad sometimes is to be stronger than the bad one. <laughs> Take them down. Take them down. <clears throat> That's not the way God does it. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of free will for all of us, God refuses, refuses to make us choose love. Refuses to make us choose love. Invites us in the most loving way over and over and over again to choose love. And you and I choose power. Maybe not you. I choose power. I'd love to say I choose love all the time. And I'm learning in my old age to choose love more. But there's still sometimes a part of me. The good news or the bad news for me is, I guess the good news, I see it when it rises in me. It's like bile that rises up in me when I think somebody needs to get their comeuppance. It's usually in the political realm. It's usually in the world political realm. Or it's, it's super-powered industrial leaders who uh, are all selfish like I'm not selfish, you know. I make them the ones that are selfish. I'm not selfish, they're selfish. You know, if only they fell off the edge of the earth, you know. There is no edge to fall off of. I want Jesus to march in, if I'm being really honest. I want a triumphal Jesus to march in lockstep and kick the butts of the bad guys. And I'm the one that gets to define who the bad guys are. <laughs> because maybe I'm a bad guy too. For wanting something bad to happen to somebody who God loves. It is hard for me to remember that God loves everyone in that crowd. The same crowd that received him with acclamation on Sunday. And yelled crucify about him on Friday. It's the same crowd. It's the same people. And I suspect I'd be one of them. Yay, we're going to kick the Romans out. Where's the kicking? Where's the driving? Uh, this guy is not the Messiah. Let's kill him. Kill him. Crucify. Because I put my stuff on Jesus. I didn't let Jesus be Jesus. I didn't even listen to Jesus. What he had to say about what life is really all about. Because if I listened to what Jesus had to say about what life is all about, I would realize, just as the reading from Richard Rohr said this morning, that I have to die before I die. I have to die to my desire to control all the outcomes. 
to make all the bad people pay for being bad. Because half the time, then I would be paying a lot too, because I'm not all that good either. If I'm being honest, learning to die before I die, learning to love the Lord my God with my heart, my soul, and my strength, Love my neighbor as myself? Well, I want to love the neighbors that I like. (laughs) But God wants me to love all my neighbors. Including the ones that I think are the bad people. (laughs) The bad people. So I wonder if as Jesus rode that colt into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, if he didn't wonder if he had failed. because they were acclaiming him as king and he could tell what they wanted and that's not what he came to bring he came to bring love love requires that I give a little bit of myself maybe more than a little bit that I keep giving what I have to give that I keep emptying myself so that the world is a better place and it feels kind of hopeless Can we just be honest with each other about that too? I keep trying to love. And then I read horrible stories like about Nashville. Only it's not the first story where a gun person, and this one was a woman, which is rare, went into a school, killed three adults and three children. Because. Because they could. Because we may never know, because she's dead now. And I wonder, what difference does it make that I just keep trying to love? What has changed? The answer is, I may never know. I may never know. I'm certainly not Jesus. But when Jesus died, it sure didn't look like there was any triumph. And yet he spent a lifetime, at least the last three years of it, giving love away giving love away, giving love away. And the world was changed. And it wasn't just because he was God's son, it was because he was Jesus, a human being. And he was giving himself away. The invitation of this text is for you to give yourself away. To have the same attitude Jesus did. Now you're not there yet. If you're like me, okay, maybe some of you are. Maybe I'm looking out at a group of people who are like, he's preaching to the choir. Come on, we already give ourselves away all the time. But just on the off chance, some of you aren't there yet, like me. On the off chance, that's what it's about. Emptying myself again and again, turning my cheek when someone slaps me on one. going the extra mile, all those things, because it's about love. Jesus rode into Jerusalem because of love. What they put on him was not him, it was them. Sometimes what you and I put on him is not him, it's us. I want you to spend part of this week, it's the Holy Week, so you you can do what you want, but I'm going to give you an assignment. And you can do with it what you will. I'm not grading you. There will be no test next week. Um, 
Life, I guess, will be your test. What are the things you keep putting on Jesus? What are the things you expect him to do? Are you expecting protection, deliverance, fixer? Are those the things you want Jesus to do for you? And are those realistic expectations? Looking at the model of a humble man riding a colt into Jerusalem for the last week of his life. Are you willing to see him as the one who led the way for us to die before we die, to give ourselves away moment after moment after moment? Because that's Jesus' invitation. So your assignment is to figure out what stands between you and following that attitude and maybe let go of one of those things this week.